Welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. In the news, are the end times upon us now? Should we grow our own food starting now? Are the prophecy teachers giving us the real truth? Let's find out. Now here's your host, Albert Hardy. Hi everybody, this is Albert Hardy. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for being interested in prophecy. I want to compare with you a couple of things that you may not have noticed before. I just noticed it today. Chapter 13 of Isaiah correlates with chapter 34. Hmm. In other words, they're saying generally the same types of things, which I'm going to illustrate for you. And then chapter 14 happens to correspond with chapter 35. I'm a bit curious as to why this is true. But here's what he says. The burden of Babylon, which Isaiah the son of Amos did see, lift up a banner upon the high mountain and exalt the voice unto them. Shake the hand, that which may go into the gates of the nobles. I have commanded my sanctified ones. If you're a believer in Jesus, you are one of those. I have also called my mighty ones for my anger and even them that rejoice in my highness. That would be me and any believer. We rejoice in his highness his loftiness, his power. Verse 4, The noisy or the noise of a multitude in the mountains, like as of a great people, the tumultuous uh, noise of the kingdoms of nations gathered together. The Lord of hosts musters his host of battle, the host of battle which happens to be the only place in the entire Bible where the word mustereth is found. Interesting. They come from a far country and from the end of heaven. In other words, from one end of heaven to the other. Sounds like Matthew 24, Jesus speaking. Even the Lord and the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land. Sounds pretty mad. What's he mad about? Well, he's mad at the pagan ways that people over there in the Middle East, in the Babylon area, which would be Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and that whole region. How will ye, and this is King James, I'm going to read to you a little bit out of the Moffat translation. That's the James Moffat translation from about 1922. It actually has more modern English than this one. Howl for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as destruction from the Almighty, like he did with Sodom and Gomorrah. In other words, I wrote that in the notes here. See Joel 1, 15 and Zephaniah 1, 7 and Revelation chapter 6, verse 17. Therefore shall all hands be faint, and every man's heart shall melt with fear. 
They shall be afraid. Pangs and sorrows shall take hold of them. And they shall be in pain as a woman that was in travail with child. They shall be amazed one at another. Their faces shall all be red with flame. A couple of references I wrote in is Luke 21, 26 in Isaiah chapter 2, verses 19 and 21. And also uh, 21, 3. And Psalms 48 and verse 6. Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel, both with wrath and with fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. See, it's the sinners that he's going to do away with. Verse 10. For the stars of heaven and their constellations shall not give their light. Straight out of Matthew twenty four twenty nine. <clears throat> Excuse me. The sun shall be darkened in his going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. See also Revelation nine two, Joel two thirty one and three fifteen, and other places. I will punish the world for their evil and for the wicked or the wicked in their iniquity and i will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible i will make a man more precious and rare than fine gold even a man more than the gold wedge pure gold of ophir and i will shake the heavens and the earth and remove out, or I'm sorry, I will shake the heavens, and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts, and in the day of his fierce anger. And in that day it shall be as a chaste roe, no, I'm sorry, I read that wrong, and it shall be as a chaste roe, in other words, somebody running after a deer. And it's a sheep that no man catches. They shall turn every man to his own people and shall flee every one into his own land. Now I want to read this out of Moffat. Hang on a second. You can get yourself a copy of the Moffat translation. You should do it. Because Moffat, the way I understand it, he was an atheist. And he wanted to prove the Bible was wrong, so he translated it. He went to all that work and became a believer. Wow. The Oracle of Babylon, verse 1, chapter 13, Isaiah. A vision of Isaiah, the son of Amoz, on a bare hill, up with the signal, shout to them loud, beckon them on to enter the gates of the proud. For I have charged my chosen host to execute my wrath. My heroes have I summoned, my men of martial pride. Hark, a din among the mountains as of a mighty host. Hark, in other words, short for hearken or listen. Tis the uproar of empires, of nations gathering. 
for the Lord of hosts is mustering a battle in battle array. Now let's go to the next page here. Okay. From a far land they are coming, from the ends of the earth, the ends of the world. Tis the eternal and the forces of his fury. Pretty scary stuff. Shriek away, tis close, tis the eternal's day. As a mighty man blows from, or, I'm sorry, as a mighty blow from the Almighty, then shall all hands grow limp and all hearts melt, and mortals be dismayed, seized with pangs of pain and throes like they writhe when they are a woman ready to bear a child in labor. Starting, or no, staring each at the other, aghast, their faces aflame. Here comes the eternal, pitiless in anger, and in blazing wrath to lay bare the earth, to lay it desolate, destroying sinful men. The skies and their great stars now shed no light. The sun shall be dark at its rising, and the moon shall never be bright. I will punish the world for its evil, and the wicked for their vice. The arrogance of proud men I will still, and the haughtiness of the tyrants low. I will lay them low, till man becomes more rare than the finest gold, men more scarcer than the gold ore of Ophir. So shall the skies be trembling, and the earth overturned at the fury of the Lord of hosts on the day of his anger bla uh, the day his anger blazes. Then, like hunted gazelle, like sheep unshepherded, shall men turn hurrying home, each off to his own land. Anyone captured is cut down, anyone caught is stabbed to death. Their babies are dashed to pieces under their very eyes. Their houses are despoiled and their wives are ravished. Against them I raise up the Medes and the Elamites, who don't care for silver or gloat over gold. But bow and spear in hand, fearful, ferocious young men, they cut to pieces. Maids they massacre, and a child they shall never spare. On babies they have no mercy. So shall Babylon, the splendor of empires, the proud glory of the Chaldeans, fare as Sodom and Gomorrah when God overthrew them. Verse, uh, let's see, that's 20. Never shall it be tinted or rented out, Forlorn from age to age, there shall be no nomads who pitch their tents there, no shepherds' folds um, with their flocks, wildcats shall litter there, and jackals fill the houses, ostriches shall live there, the wild goats shall leap, hyenas howl with 
in the old castles. Wow. Saddam Hussein, I believe, had something like 24 different castles built all throughout Babylon or Iraq. And this, her doom, is near. Her days shall not be long. And that's the end of chapter 14 in the Moffat translation. It's not very pretty, but it does jive with chapter 13, or um, I'm sorry, 34. So I'm just going to turn that and see how he renders that. You might recall a former podcast where I talked about Isaiah 34, spe excuse me, especially verse 9. In the King James, here's how that is rendered. 34, 9. This is scary. It says, um, in the streams thereof, that is, uh, let's see, he's talking about Babylon and the streets thereof and the streams thereof, excuse me, shall be turned into pitch and the dust thereof into brimstone and the land thereof shall become burning pitch. It shall not be quenched night nor day. The smoke thereof shall go up forever. From generation to generation it shall lie waste, and none shall pass through it, even forever and ever. This is all pretty gloomy and doomy sounding to me. Here's the way Moffat renders chapter 34, verses 1 through 10. Draw now near, O nations, and hear, O peoples, listen, O earth and all earth's holds, O war, uh, world of men. For the eternal is wroth against all nations, furious with the whole host of them. He has doomed them to destruction and left them to be uh, massacred. Their slain shall be flung out and the stench rise from their corpses. The mountains shall be running with their blood, and the hills drenched and dissolve, and all dissolve. And the very sky shall roll up like a scroll. And remember what I said about that. The scroll, when you roll it up, you can't read the words anymore. So the stars are going to go out, which he mentions next. And all the stars shall fade as leaves fade, falling from a vine, and foliage from a fig tree. For the eternal sword is in heaven, tempered keen with fury. And there it flashes down on Edom. Who are the Edomites? Saudi Arabia, I would say, in that region, that whole region there. Sons of Ishmael. The eternal sword is gorged with blood, greased with fat of its victims, with the blood of common human folk, and with the fat of the lowest crowd. And leaders shall be struck down too, nobles and notables. For the eternal holds a sacrifice in the land of Edom, 
their blood. Excuse me, I'm having trouble breathing today because of the circumstances I'm in at the moment. Anyway, their blood shall be soaked, or shall soak the country, and their fat shall smear the dust. Tis the eternal's hour of vengeance on them, to repay them for all the wrongs they did to Zion, or Israel. All the streams turn to pitch, and their very dust into brimstone. Remember what pitch is, it's asphalt, tar, and it's on fire. The land is a mass of pitch that burns on day and night, that never shall be quenched. Age after age, its smoke goes up, it lies waste for all time to come, in other words. It just says for all time. And no man shall ever cross it. And you can read the rest of chapter 34. But 13 and 34 seem to sound a whole lot alike. And you'll notice that. Well, what about 35? And how does Isaiah get rendered by Moffat? This old Bible has been uh, damaged by water somewhere along the line. I bought it off of Amazon, and uh, I just got this, and it's it's not worth returning, but anyway, um, it, it is a very interesting translation. He says in uh, chapter 35, which I've read in a previous uh, podcast, but this is wonderful. Let desert and dry land be glad. Let steps rejoice and flower. Now, steps are a type of plant. Flowering like the narcissus blooms and ringing with delight. Sharing Lebanon's lavish growth, Sharon and Carmel's uh, splendor. And seeing thus the eternal's living power, the splendor of our God. Put heart into the listless, and brace all the weak-kneed souls. Tell men with fluttering hearts, have courage and never fear. Here comes your God. He will avenge his folk, and here comes God's retribution. He comes to save you. That's comforting to me. That's very comforting. We have a God that cares. Verse 5. And then the blind shall see, and the deaf hear. Then shall the lame leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing for joy. That's all good news. And in the desert, brooks will break out, streams in the very steps, in the, in the flowers of the parched land. The, the uh, parched land becomes a pool. Dry ground is gush, gushing out with water. The jackals and hyenas, lair, shall turn to pasture for your flocks, and reeds and rushes shall be flourishing, where once the ostrich quartered, a stainless highway shall appear, and its name shall be called the Sacred Way, and no person unclean shall tread on it, no impious foot stray over it, no lions will ever haunt it, and no wild beast leap on it. That's all really good news. 
but on it the redeemed shall walk, those whom the Eternal has set free. Wow, that's you and me if you're a believer. They come to Zion singing with an unending joy. Joy and gladness shall overtake them. Sorrow and sighs shall forsake them. Unquote. That's the entire chapter, chapter 35. It's all really good news. One thing about the Moffat, it doesn't have any references at all. I like my Dixon New Analytical Study Bible, which is now out of print, but I think you can still get on Amazon. But it has loads of useful references. Now, the question has come up, are we in those end times now? Well, how close do you think we are to World War III in the Middle East? It's not going to happen in Africa or South America or Russia or China or Japan or anywhere. It's going to happen in the Middle East, according to these words you just heard. Now, do you know that um, Syria has over 125,000 rockets pointed at their neighbor Israel? <laughs> That's a lot of destructive power. So, yeah, we are in the end times, but how close are we to the final end? I don't think we're very close at all. I think a lot of uh, prophecy teachers try to tell us that it could happen at any moment. Well, no, it can't, because there has to be a temple in Jerusalem that the Jews are using for sacrifices. That's not there yet. So we've got a little ways to go, but Jesus isn't delaying his coming. He's coming right on schedule. It just hasn't arrived yet, that's all. He is alive, and he is coming. So beware of the prophecy teachers that say, all the prophecies that need to be fulfilled before the return of Christ have already happened. No. No, they haven't. That's not true. Not real. Not at all. So should we grow our own food? Absolutely. Start today. If you haven't planted anything today, go out and buy some organic seeds and get some organic soil not miracle grow, hopefully. Why? Because miracle grow, even the organic stuff, has chicken litter in it. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, chicken litter is ground up brains and beaks and eyeballs and feet and feathers and everything else, dead chickens in it. Well, what do they eat? They eat GMO food. Grains grinded up and everything like that. And I don't want that in my garden. Thank you very much. And I don't buy cow manure for the same reasons. I don't want their uh, GMO food, you know, the soybeans and the wheat and, and corn that they feed them. I don't want all that uh, genetically modified organism stuff going in my food or my garden. No, thank you. No not having it in there. So what do you do? Well, what I do to make my soil is I buy sphagnum peat moss from Canada. I put that in a tumbler, which is a composter, and I put my table scraps, and I don't mean meat because I'm a vegan. I don't eat meat. And there are lots of good reasons for that. 
uh, do yourself a favor and watch the movie. You can get it on Netflix or you can go online and get it. It's called What the Health. Not what the hell, what the health. You know, like your longevity and the way you feel. You, you need this education about what's going on in the health industry and in the medical industry and in the meat, dairy, eggs, fish, oil, eggs, all those industries. They're not good for us. So you please watch that. It's going to be good for you. And it affected me tremendously. I have uh, changed my ways in my life. But I don't put meat scraps in my body. I don't get any good out of dead animals. No thank you. And I don't want to um, eat them or think of where they come from. No. No, 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 no. So I want to keep my soil pure. But I take my broccoli, uh, uh, the ends of the broccoli that I don't eat, I put them in my food processor along with ends of carrots and potato peelings and apple peelings and whatnot. And I wait till it's about half full, then I grind them up and I go put them in my composter. The little microbes love this stuff and they'll eat it along with the sphagnum peat moss and turn the whole thing black rich black soil. Put a little sand in there out of my yard under my trees. Put a little leaf compost or not leaf compost but I rake my leaves and I put them in there try to grind them up a little bit and I put some green grass in there too. Grind that in with it but it makes the best soil you ever saw. And then I bought one of those Garden Tower 2's. And by the way, I'm not affiliated with anybody and I'm not selling anything. But um, I put that soil in there and then I bought a couple of cans of worms from the local fisherman's supply. And I put them in there and the, they, the Garden Tower 2 has a worm bin right down the middle of the thing with holes in it that the worms can go in and out. They go out into my garden to poop, and they go in back in to eat. So I put my food scraps down in there, and you should see everything growing in that thing. It's just bursting. I've already eaten tomatoes off of it. It's only been like two months. So anyway, I want to get another one of those. That's really a very special tool, the Garden Tower 2. Just type in Garden Tower 2 on Google and see where it leads you. It's wonderful. You have to buy it through the company. It's made in Indiana, Bloomington, Indiana. So anyway, yes, we should grow our own food. And no, the prophecy teachers aren't 100%. Now some of them are. Some of them are really, really good. But um, I think we all ought to be um, storing our own food, canning, freezing, whatever, drying our own food to last through some coming days of potential trouble. So yes, we should be smart, we should be wise, and uh, listen to wise counsel and follow it. So um, 
Anyway, if you want to watch some of the videos that I've collected to build your faith, if you want to read eight of my books, they're at jesusiswhy.com or itellwhy.com. That's the letter I, the word tell, T-E-L-L, -L, and the word Y, W-H-Y, dot com, itellwhy.com. They're all there. They're free. There's nothing for sale on my website, and you may get a lot out of them. So I strongly suggest that you go there, itellwhy.com. Everything's free. It's a labor of love I've done over several years writing and building these books, but they refer a lot to Scripture. There's the life of Christ in there. There's how Jesus will restore the earth in there and rebuild it. There's all kinds of stuff. Stuff about evolution and heaven and hell and just all kinds of stuff. So go there if you would and enjoy it. Until next time, I'm Elbert Hardy. Thank you.